This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ, the big guy. Hey, it's Russ, and it is uh, an exciting day here in uh, in January in, in Endicott. The weather is freezing, then it's warm, then it's freezing, then it melted, then it snows, then it rains. But that's the way we live up here in upstate New York. Today, uh, we have our sometimes guest and sometimes uh, co-host, Brenna, is in the studio today. Hey, Howdy. Brenna. And a couple awesome guests. First, I want to introduce Dan Inarella. And Dan is the co-founder and investor at Real Estate Warehouse. He has an MBA in some fancy finance realm. Dan, is your wife the co-founder with Real Estate Warehouse? Yes, she is. Oh, nice. Why didn't I ask her here today? <laughs> I'm going to hear from her now, I'm sure. No, I, she, uh, she's a little media shy, so she was okay with me. Yeah, I kind of sense that may have been the case. Uh, and also here laughing in the background is Justin Marchuska II, who with his uh, brother Bernie uh, runs Marchuska Brothers Construction. And this isn't just a company that comes in and puts a deck on your house. All right, it's construction management, a lot of bigger projects, and, and uh, real estate development. And we're going to hear a little bit about that. These guys have a lot in common. All right, they they are going boldly, and they have been for years. They also have in common uh, health and fitness, and that's something that's really important for many entrepreneurs. They're also very thoughtful and intentional uh, with their lives, and we'll find out more from them on how that impacts not only their business, but also their relationships, their life in general, and a couple other things too we'll talk about. So uh, let's get into it, guys. Give us a quick background. Why uh, real estate? You know, Maybe where you got started and then at some point there was a pivot or there was, a, there was that aha moment or maybe, maybe you tripped into it. You know, in improv, you know, it's a happy accident. We, we look for those because those, those are the best, the best stories and the best uh, performances, you know, when you find that happy accident. So Dan, why don't you start? All right. Yeah. Thank you. First of all, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I sure. I really appreciate it. I uh, hope I can provide you and your, your listeners some value here today. What you said, all of the above, uh, tripped into it, fell into it, pivoted, kind, okay. of, all, kind of all that. So Yeah, because you were in finance. Yeah, I was in finance. <clears throat> so my background is in finance. Uh, I got my uh, four-year degree from Binghamton University, which are, is our local college here, um, for those of you that don't know that. And then I uh, went back about 10 years later and got my MBA worked in corporate America at a defense contractor and then at a local um, manufacturing company for quite a while. Uh, my last position was as CFO. And it was about four years ago, it'll actually be four years ago next month, that I decided to take the leap and um, start my own business. So you've only been doing this for four years? Yes. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Okay. So you... <laughs> You've done very well <laughs> in four years. I thought you've been doing this for you know a decade at least. No. All right. Well, it seems like a decade. All right. A lot of hard work there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you've got a decade worth of uh, of uh, time in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Ed Milet, yeah, here, uh, his oh, yeah, thing yeah, about uh, he does two days in a day. Yeah, I'm not quite there. No, me I, neither. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he does. I think six to noon is one day. And then noon to six is another day or something like that. And I doubt he stops working in the evening. Probably yeah, that's when he yeah. does his podcast. I don't yeah, know. Probably. But yeah, uh, no. uh, I have to I have to figure out how to how to reduce those uh, days down because yeah. my days keep to keep going longer. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I well, I have a problem. Uh, I don't like to stop working when I'm working, but then right. when I'm sleeping, I don't like to get out of bed. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think it's not that I don't like to work. Or don't like to sleep as I have the trouble with the transition part. Right. And right. maybe a brainwave thing or maybe it's just laziness. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, it isn't lazy because I work hard when I'm working, but 
Yeah. No, I, I don't know about you guys, but you know, it's, it's, you get into a flow during the day. But yeah. And for me, it's once my wife goes to bed, once my kids go to bed, I yeah. always get that like second wave of energy and that's yeah. when I can really start to be creative and start to work on some things. And, you know, you read books about people that talk about this and then, you know, you just start working on it and you just get into such a groove. Next thing you know, it's like two, three o'clock in the morning. And you're like, yeah. oh, I better go get a couple hours of sleep because I haven't, <laughs> I usually get up in a couple hours. Oh, right? so <laughs> <laughs> well, I do the same thing as you, but I don't get up that early, <laughs> but I work late all the time. All right, Justin. So I know a little bit of your background, which is a little different than Dan's, right? So give me a quick background. and uh... I started uh, uh, construction back in 1994 with my brother Bernie. And initially, we looked at construction as our main main business. Uh, I have a construction management background from Johnson College in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And my brother has a degree in uh, biology from Marywood uh, College in Scranton, PA. So we both were in college in the same, lived in the same apartment for one year together because he was completing his education. I was just starting. Yeah. Oh, that must have been cool. <laughs> yeah. Just from a personal level, you know, personal <laughs> sure point was. of view. It sure yeah. was. Um, Did you get any work done that year? <laughs> <laughs> we tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, essentially, uh, we, got, we got into construction and we looked at it in the sense of, you know, we would be building homes or, or moving to commercial work. And sure. Kind of saw the writing on the wall from the beginning when I looked at some of our other uh, com- competition in the, in the community, and these guys, you know, maybe weren't able to, uh, you know, have an office, or maybe they didn't have multiple vehicles for or, or employees or whatever. And we kind of wanted to take it to the next level. At that point, I kind of uh, I spoke to my father because he was a he was a school teacher, industrial arts teacher, and he introduced me to a gentleman. His name was John Patrolwitz, and he taught me the real estate business. Uh, I would meet with them every Saturday at the Dunkin' Donuts in Endicott, and uh, we would meet for about an hour, and he would kind of school me on learning the business. And uh, essentially, it was it was just it was incredible. It pushed me to, to understand contracts, and from there, we we realized that you know real estate was just a great opportunity and a great investment to uh, to park your money. Okay. So one of the things that you mentioned that I wanted our listeners to really hear, uh, not only did you get the education that you needed, uh, Dan, you as well, even though you you switched at some point, but what a great background in finance. I mean, major important component of uh, development, right? Real estate development. But, But Justin, you had a mentor. Yes. And how cool was that? Because that's not everybody gets that. Yes. I would, I actually mentor several people myself who I uh, feel that you have to have transparency in yeah. the real estate business. When I was first starting with my brother uh, buying real estate, the transparency wasn't there. We didn't have things such as Facebook and Instagram and social media, where I feel now it's a lot more uh, transparent, where you can essentially talk to people, you can meet with people, you can connect with people, and you can discuss what you're dealing with. And I know that in speaking to people myself who are just getting into the business, I feel I can save them sometimes a couple of years of what it took me time to learn and essentially possibly even lose money doing uh, and avoid those same mistakes that, that I made. Yeah. Dan's not, you're nodding your head. Yeah. I think that's important because, you know, Part of the reason I got into real estate is similar to what Justin uh, was speaking about is I just had an interest in it. I saw yeah. that it was a good place and good vehicle to park your money in and create some investments for yourself. Um, but again, like you said, I had the formal education, but I didn't really have the educational background um, for real estate. So I did a lot of Google searches, watched a lot of YouTube videos, um, got into some mastermind groups. But at the end of the day, um, 
I reached out to a couple of people. Actually, Justin was one of them. Oh, no kidding. Um, just to talk and ask questions and kind of get a feel of what is, you know, what are some things I should be aware of? What are some, you know, pitfalls? You know, what are the good things? What are the bad things kind of thing? And I think so it's really important that as you're going along, it doesn't matter how much experience you have. There's always somebody that has a little bit more to seek that mentorship relationship. So you can not only start your business, but you can keep taking it to the le- next level and scaling up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's really good information about the mentoring. Justin, let me ask you a question. Did you know Dan before he contacted you? I didn't. No, All right. I, I so was. talk to us about like what what is that like? So this could be valuable for listeners too, because I'm sure that there's some fear involved or maybe, you know, there's a lot of uh, feelings involved like, oh, I'm not good enough to ask somebody because I don't know what I'm doing or, you know, or, or, or maybe... Maybe they'll reject me. You know, fear of rejection is huge for people. Not so much for entrepreneurs. We're kind of used to that, but uh, and actors too, <laughs> and musicians. Brenna, <laughs> um, wait, Brenna, are you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I would say uh, just from my own personal experience. I would say to anyone, don't be scared to speak to anyone. Yeah. Uh, I feel that at the end of the day, we all uh, uh, bleed red blood and, yeah. and we all we all have to realize that we we all can find a common ground no matter what our backgrounds are and we can all learn something from someone you want to believe on the daily basis that people i run into i might have a discussion with them it's just happened well over the past four week, weeks it happened twice where i spoke to two different people and between the two of the the discussions i had with these two people it probably saved me i would say about two to three hundred thousand oh dollars by just gosh. having a discussion about something that I didn't know. Yeah, and you can always learn. And I always try to believe you have to go somewhere and don't believe you know everything when you talk to someone because you, none of us do. You know, and and you can learn so much from from everyone. So I, I'm the, I'm the same school. Yeah, super. Yeah, yeah, and me as well. I, it's it's interesting. Um, uh, I'm definitely in in the trying to expand uh, my network of people that I can help, but also, you know, the network of people that I can work with too, right? Uh, on a professional capacity. Not everybody um, thinks the way I do. Not everybody's as optimistic. Not everybody, you know, wants to be a, a giver. Not everybody, you know, a lot of people are very selfish and I don't like to work with those people. Right, right. I did get a call the other day, which is uh, out of the blue. It was someone that I had uh, helped out. We had uh, we had done a little bartering. I needed some services, and and he was kind of wanted to get into involved with it. So I got him some connections, took him to some professional things like through the chamber and stuff like that. And as a result, I got some uh, some service that I needed, and then he got a little bit of mentorship uh, and mostly exposure, uh, some experience and some exposure to other people. And I just got a call from him the other day, and he actually called me out of the blue to thank me. Uh, he has his business up and running. He rebranded himself. He's doing. He's got clients, or he has clients, I should say. And um, it was a great feeling, you know. Um, it really was. I'm getting goosebumps just telling you about it because that's just, that's what makes it all worthwhile, you know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, oh, that's kind of like the why to this podcast, right? It's right. like to be able to continue to go boldly, find people like you guys who are doing that really set an example for our listeners, especially those listeners who maybe want to but are looking for tools and excuses to move forward, right? And let me just ask you that question. So I want you guys to speak to it, actually. I just mentioned, you know, your why. If you listen to Simon Sinek, he talks about his uh, a golden circle, I think he calls it, not magic circle, golden circle. The outer ring of it is like we all know what we're doing, and then the next ring in would be 
we know how to do it. Many of us are very good at it, especially if you've gotten to that 10,000 hour, you know, <laughs> finish line, so to speak, where you're, an, you know, unconsciously competent about what, what you're doing. But then in the center of that is the why. And that's the, where the power is, right? So it's the why, you know, why, why are you doing it? You know, you've got that voice inside, you've got that thing that fulfills you, you've got that, that overwhelming desire to do whatever, to be of service or supply for your family and friends, because maybe you grew up poor and you saw how, how that affected people or, or what have you, right? Talk a little bit about that, like what drives you. Now you were, I know that I talked to you before and, sure. and I don't know if this is part of the why, but I just want to interject this because uh, it was the feeling that you got. I think it was the fulfilling, the feeling that you got working with your hands, like building something. It was. So there's more, that's, you know, there's actually, that sounds like a very simple thing, but there's really a lot in that if you go deep into there. So can you talk to any of that a little bit, that, and you know, what's your why, what drives you? Yeah, I think that uh, people in in the trades, especially in the construction trades are are artists. I say it to, to our employees all the time. I mean, you're artisans and what you do just as musicians are and other creative uh, people who, you know, cr- create things out of pottery and, and whatnot. So so essentially, I think having that connection with a piece of wood or, or building something or creating a building, it, it, it creates something special inside when you get done with that and you say, you know what, I built this or this was my idea. I came up with this concept and, you know, now it's bringing people to this part of town or to this building, which maybe it was vacant, maybe it wasn't even there. That, that drives me a lot in what I do. I I would say probably initially when I became a contractor with my brother, we essentially, you know, money was more of a focus and money is still a focus. It always will be. I mean, you know, we live in, you know, a world where it's, it's important. You need it to survive. But I would say the bigger thing for me now is, is really what we do with these buildings and the deals we put together. That really drives me more than the actual money itself at this point. In, in my life. And I think when you put money aside and you, you, you focus on a passion and your, whatever your trade or your art is or whatever, I think that that's, that really pushes it to the next level. So let me, I would just want to just drill in even a little deeper, if you don't mind. Sure. What is it about bringing an old building back to life or, or revitalizing a street or our community? Like what is Why is that important? Like, why would you care? I, I think it's. I think I have a, a creative sense that I just. I don't know. I look at the architecture. I look at the layouts of the land or the buildings. I feel that you know, at the end of the day, you know, people are going to be occupying this. You're going to have people living there. So, I would say overall, it's there's there's part of it that just is the fact is I hate to see something become you know where it's it's run down. It's no longer in use. I, yeah. I believe in keeping life in everything. You know, when everything's kind of uh, going against me. It, that that kind of pushes me up to that next level, gives me the fuel I need to say, you know what? Yeah. No, I'm 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 gonna do this. And I think actually exactly. people, the naysayers, have actually I have to thank them because they've helped me to get ahead. My brother and myself get ahead because there's been no plenty kidding. of them through the years. And oh. it just I think it I think it fuels you. It helps you. And in that it's not in a bad way. I mean, yeah. uh, but I would say in in a good way. You know, it's sometimes it's like a being on a, a team, a football team or something, the coach kind of tells the guy, oh, you could do better. And a lot of times, even myself, I'll say to myself, you know what, I can do better. I can do this. I can do that. Yeah. And uh, it, it helps to uh, to push me to that to that level where I, I feel that I probably could, could go to. That's interesting. You know, I, I've heard that from a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, very successful entrepreneurs. They, fi- they find the opposition, you know, and the barriers to be 
actually energizing. Biggest drive. And I guess that's a good that's a good because they, those things never go away, right? No. Uh, if you <laughs> <laughs> if your if your expectations are otherwise, you'll be you'll be disappointed daily. <laughs> so I always tell people about you know you get punched in the face like at least once a week, if not every day, right? I think I think I think I think I've heard Gary Vaynerchuk says that about getting punched in the mouth every day. Yeah. Uh, Dan. So, Go deep for me, Dan. Come on. Right, so, this is for the listeners now, okay? All right, all right. Think about this poor college student getting his master's degree. Yep. And he's like, I really don't want to be a doctor, but my parents are making me do it. Right. <laughs> and down deep, there's down deep, his why is down in there lurking, just kind of like <laughs> bubbling, waiting right. for him to pay attention. Right. I, well, I think when we're young like that, and even as we you know, first get into, you know, your first job, your first experience, you start getting your first paycheck, making some money. I think the, like Justin said, I think the, the initial drive there is always money, you know, financial flexibility, you know, all the different things that you could do if, um, you know, when you have, have money and finances, but Justin's absolutely right. When you put the finances aside, it seems like that's when they come more. So for me, it was first, it was definitely financially motivated, but after that, um, I really looked at it and kind of dove deep like you were talking about. And for me, it's all about control and not in control in the bad or negative sense. Yes. But control as to what I do, when I do it, why I do it and who I do it with. I think that's so important to be able to, you know, be able to go about and live your life on a daily basis without having to worry about those other things. So my why is to be able to control my space, to be able Ah. to have those Things. That's the key right there. Yeah, yeah. You control your space, right? There's only yeah, because if you feel control. like you can control everything, then you're delusional. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. And then the other thing is for me is to to leave a legacy. And so, you know, again, people are first um, talk about leaving a legacy for their family, which I yeah. absolutely want to do. But like Justin, I grew up here in the area. I have pride for the area. You know, it's gone. It's had its good times back in the heyday. It's gone through some rough times. And, you know, just having pride in the area and trying to take some of these older buildings, you know, something more vacant like uh, Justin was talking about and just revitalizing them, rebuilding them and and hoping by doing that, even the small little bit that I do, it can bring people back and hopefully revitalize the area. And so it can get back to, you know, someplace that it used to be and, you know, place where people want to come. Yeah, great. So, and so I think one of the keys there is that uh, the similarity between what both of you just talked about is part of your why is something that's greater than yourself. There is part of it and there are goals and reasons for you to be doing what you're doing that are very self-oriented. Obviously, you know, uh, making making a good living, uh, maybe some ego involved because, you know, I'm, not, I'm speaking just generalities of entrepreneurs in general, you know, there's a little ego involved. Like you want to do good. And even though you don't care what other people say, we like people to appreciate what we do. Right. We, we like to, prove right? We like to be able to get a table <laughs> in the restaurant. We like, we like to be liked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's yeah, just human exactly. nature. Right. Exactly. But, and, and like you were saying before, and like Justin said, right there, the, the people that are the naysayers, right. A lot of the times they're, they're not, they're not coming out against you. Yeah, it's a lot of what we're going to be talking about. And what we've talked about here so far is yeah, people are just scared and they're and they're upset that maybe they haven't taken that chance or taken yeah. that, that that step themselves. So what's the easiest thing? Try to pull you back, right? So, exactly. So I actually like the naysayers because I'm like Justin. I'm I'm pretty competitive. So tells me no, or somebody tells me no, you can't do that. That just makes me want to do it even more, right? And sometimes yeah. it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, right? right? 
Yeah, that's okay. You guys, you guys actually brought up all oh, geez, so many different things. Um, good lessons for our listeners. One of the things that I uh, I do want to mention is you basically uh, said that once you switched from the concept uh, or the desire for money to the desire for whatever that bigger thing is, right? In your case, it's there's legacy involved. There's um, uh, you know wanting the community to have some development, some pride. Right, some improvement. Uh, those are a couple of things that just jumped out at me. Right, um, and I had heard sort of that same thing from a guy that I worked with years ago. He was telling us to basically do your thing, so to speak, whatever it was, for the right reasons. And the way he put it was, if you do that, then the money truck will back into your yard and it'll just it'll dump money. He he called it the money truck. Right. You know, the money truck will come. If you're not searching for the money, basically you're serving other people in some way, right? Fulfilling a need. I've distilled it down just to loving people. If you look read any book or about service or sales or anything, like if you go deep and distill it all down, it's just caring for other people. Right. And and that's a lot of what drove it for me is right. You start thinking so much about the money, that's all you focus on, right? Yes. So now it brings in a whole different thought process. It brings in a whole different set of emotions when that's all you're focused on. But like you said, when when you when you set that aside. That's like a, it's an inward, sort of an inward looking thing, right? It's right. like a, yeah. So when you set that aside, and again, you said it perfectly, when you when you say, what is it that I'm good at and how can I help the most people and who can I serve right. and who will benefit most from my services and you concentrate on that and you really put your heart into it. And the important part here is to not expect to get something back in return, right? To just go out and do it just because you personally love doing it and you truly want to be a difference maker and help somebody and, you know, Maybe it's one sentence, maybe it's one paragraph, maybe it's just, you know, a smile to somebody. It, as long as you're you're purposely going out there to help and serve other people without expecting anything back, it's just the universe works in such a way that you will get back in return what you're looking for. Yeah, you believe in the in the concept of re- reciprocity? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I agree. Yeah, you too, Justin? Worry about what you do and the money will, will come, and I think, I think it does. You know, it's whenever, for myself, whenever I focused on you know, money and that, that was my primary focus. It never, it's never worked out. So yes, it, it's, you have to, you have to go the other direction. My experience has been the same. It, it took me decades to get there, but, uh, right. It, everything's a vibration. It's a whole different energy level. It is. It is. I know that, um, Justin, you had, uh, you had wanted to talk about what grounds you. It was one of the right. things that you had mentioned to me. And like, is that, is this what we're talking about now? Or, or would you say it's, it's different? I would say that, uh, you know, definitely what I do grounds me. Um, I work because I like to work. Yes. Uh, I probably at this point don't have to work, but I like what I do. And that's what, what brings me to work every day. And I focus on it and I, and I love what I do. Um, I guess other things that I fo- that are for me that ground me would be exercise. Uh, I'm also a big believer in, you know, rights for, for people, for animals, things like that. I, I believe that we all have to be treated fairly and equally. And I think that's that's an important thing, too, you know, that you just uh, you have to find different things that are your passion, what you believe in. And so uh, by being grounded, you would, is, is that um, as opposed to being uh, filled with ego and being ego driven and feeling better than other people? And, you know, I've got money, you don't and the flashy cars and all that stuff. Is, is that what you, is that what you would, yeah. uh, how you would describe it? Or? I, I would. I mean, I've, I've owned, you know, some, some 
nice vehicles and I've owned some other vehicles. I shouldn't say. Yeah, not to say you can't, but I mean, there's an, there's a, you know, there's a way to do it in a way that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say probably, you know, even goes back to when I, when I go to, to a company or whatever, I, I want to talk to the guy who's, you know, handling the facilities versus maybe the guy, I want to talk to the guy who owns the company and see what makes him tick, but also talk to someone who's just on the ground, the boots on the ground, because a lot of those guys sometimes can, uh, you know, bring some good points up, you know, they can ground you in what you do or what, where you're going with something. So I think it's critical to uh, kind of get all views on, on different things and to circle your circle yourself with uh, people who are yes men. It just never works. That works. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, some of the things that keep me grounded, uh, again, I love exercise. Um, my family keeps me grounded and then, you know, my faith keeps me grounded. So um, whenever I kind of feel myself, you know, getting out of character, so to speak. I, yeah. I, I, I tend to trend back to those things to, you know, just get my, get myself right again. That sounds great. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. We are in the middle of a pandemic right now, uh, hopefully headed out the other end. Um, they have started vaccinations with frontline people. So we'll see how quickly that rolls out and the efficacy of it. It looks good so far. What have you guys done to pivot? Have you, and I assume you've pivoted in some way. Like, how has COVID nineteen changed what you are doing? Uh, I want to hear from you guys in your area of expertise. I'll start just very quickly that because of the COVID nineteen, we lost uh, all of the interns that I had. I had high performing senior high school kids who were doing who were really well through their program. Very helpful. And then also through the university. And because of COVID, that all just ended like, boom, done. Uh, in addition to a couple of income streams that I had. So part of the reason why I got the podcast uh, off the ground as soon as I did is because we basically looked at what resources we had and just converted this room into a podcast studio and just said, okay, well, we're just going to do this. Let's just get started. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys are here live in the studio today, which you're doing with distancing and masks and things like that. Many of the guests are through Zoom or other ways digitally, right? right? From another location remotely. And it's working out really well so far. So talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Uh, maybe you've pivoted. I'm not sure. Um, but COVID-19 certainly has had some kind of impact. Have people stopped renting spaces? Um, yeah, I mean, the way we pivoted is we work in a little bit of a different space than, than Justin works in. So uh, we do have some smaller mixed-use commercial buildings, and I do have some spaces in there that um, we're due to scheduled to have new tenants in there at the end of March and beginning of April. And, you know, for obvious reasons, the people backed out of those leases, which, you know, I totally understand. And those spaces remain vacant. So again, it's, it's, what do I do? Do I, do I sit there and say, Oh God, I'm losing X amount of dollars per month, every month and start adding the numbers up in my head, or do you do something different? So we went back a little bit old school on how we started and, um, we started looking again, and, and it's all about serving and helping people is, uh, we went back to wholesaling properties. And for people that don't know what that is, is we look mostly for off market properties, um, sellers that are in some kind of distress situation or some property that's in a distress situation. We look to see how we can best help out that property or property owner. We take that under contract and then we sell it to somebody like Justin that wants to develop it. So, oh. So we changed that income stream. And then in terms of multiple income streams, um, my wife and I um, have always been big into health and wellness. We focused a lot of our attention on the physical aspects of it and the nutritional aspects of it, but then realizing that there's so much more, especially with 
going through the pandemic, right? There's the mental side of it. There's the financial side of it. There's the spiritual side of it. So there's all these components that go into wellness. So we are in the process of rebranding our one business and launching some new things that we can help people on multiple different levels, whether it's um, one-on-one coaching or whether it's, you know, an ebook or something like that. So we're, um, so those are a couple of things that we've done. Oh, very good. Yeah, that's news. So that's that's really cool. I, I'm interested to find out more about that and see what you're up to. Yeah. Justin, how about you? Some pivot with uh, COVID-19 or maybe it hasn't affected you, impacted you? Well, it's uh, COVID-19 has definitely affected our business, uh, just like everyone. Uh, leasing at this point in time, time for commercial space has become fairly light, soft. Uh, I'm sure it will pick up, but what we're doing is kind of the concept of the IBM of the world back under Watson, whereas, you know, when he was building computers back many years ago, everyone said, are you crazy? You know, you're, you're building these computers. And he was prepared for when the economy does turn around. I'm of the same philosophy. Uh, we are doing a lot of work on our own buildings at this time, a lot of updates that we haven't done. We have the time to do now because essentially we do a lot of state work and that's kind of been put on hold with with COVID-19. There is a lot of bidding now, but I believe there's going to be a large, uh, there's a lot of pent up demand, large uh, amount of people will be looking for space. Things will change in general. Our whole, our whole world's going to change once COVID-19 does kind of let up some and uh, we're able to to return to uh, somewhat of a normal life. And I think that, you know, if we could prepare, have spaces available, ready to go, that's going to be a large uh, belief where where we're going to be able to grow. Um, otherwise, we're going to be left uh, without any space available, and and essentially it, we're going to miss miss the opportunity. So, are you changing the type of space you're making available? It's uh, just uh, primarily our space is commercial office space. All right, but so, I like. I guess my question is, uh, I would I would make an assumption, and I would say from what I've read trending is that people are going to be going into the office less frequently, if at all. Uh, so commuting is going to be done from a farther, a longer distance, um, fewer times per week. A lot of people are working in their home now for big companies or by themselves. And those companies may want to be downsizing and have rather than the trend was to have the open concept space, right? Which right, they found right. out actually was not being productive anyways right. after all the dust settled. So now those spaces are going to have to be changed. I mean, I'm, I'm been reading and thinking about this. So I'm making some assumptions, which I guess they're all our assumptions because we're not there yet. But rather than having, having uh, a certain kind of an office of a certain sizes, would you be making them smaller? Would you be making even smaller things for the people who have started working at home and now have grown to the point where they, like me, have to have a place where clients can come in or uh, employees or, you know, or interns or what have you. Those are different needs than maybe what you would rent to a company that's going to blow into town with 30 employees or something and have them all in one space. I can't speak for Justin, but I think a lot of the retail spaces and um, office space stuff that we have, Yeah, I think ours are at the size where we, where if we have those bigger companies that do want to downsize and they may be looking to move out of the bigger building that they're in into a smaller space. Yeah. Cause I hear a lot of the big yeah. companies, especially in the bigger cities, they're not renewing their leases. Right. And, and we have spaces that can accommodate for that. And I think also functionality and flexibility of your space. So I think some of the spaces that we have personally, we could, you know, subdivide or, or, partition off to make, you know, a bigger space, a smaller space and, okay. and service more than, you know, 
um, one customer, one tenant. So you're flexible. Yeah. Yeah. You're a small enough company. What is, does that make sense to you, Justin? Yeah, or? I, I would say I, my belief is, uh, I, I go along with, with what Dan's saying. I, I believe in the, the flexibility of the space. I also think that, you know, if you have smaller spaces, maybe 5,000, 10,000 square feet, and they're moving out of buildings that are 50 or a hundred thousand square feet, that's also going to be a sweet spot. Uh, but I also believe that some spaces actually, instead of getting smaller, are actually going to get larger because uh, these companies are going to put different initiatives in place that they're going to want certain spacing between people. Ah. Kind of go back to what you're saying, Russ, where okay. a situation where maybe the open office concept didn't work, so there's going to be more individual offices and maybe okay. larger areas between at where each person works. Or what uh, would have been an open space. Exactly, or, you know, yeah, Okay, yeah. well, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a, it's okay. It's a um, a different reaction or a different uh, response to the same problem. Mm-hmm. Actually, right. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I get it. I actually been kind of worried about people that I knew that were in commercial development because I was thinking like, yeah. I think it's like, how are they going to rent these things out? Like even like storefronts, retail. Like how are they going to rent this retail out? Yeah. But yet, I just uh, I just talked to a woman who has a startup in her home and she is she's looking to go in with uh to do like a co-op in a store in the mall right. because she said the rent has come down so so drastically that it's super affordable and it actually is is it's a better for her than uh renting an individual a freestanding store yep. storefront she's done so well that she needs to get out of her expand out of her home right she needs more opportunity for sales i well, guess yeah and that and that's it in thing. that regard that's the thing too is is when you start a small business and you know this is i'm getting to that point too right you you like the flexibility of working from home you like being able to you know be remote and do the things you know what they say from the boardroom to the bedroom <laughs> <laughs> but anyway it gets to a point wait so wait, wait wait what was that I missed that boardroom to the what was that bedroom to the boardroom right you just wake up walk oh okay you said it the other way so I wasn't sure what was happening there well yeah either way right at the end of the day it's the, the other was way, that right? lunch break <laughs> <laughs> the advantages of working with your wife yeah, hey, exactly but you know you get to a point too where you know um you you want to or you are required to have a more professional looking space right so clients coming to to meet with me right at this point in time, right, I can meet clients mostly at their, their place of business or at their properties that they're trying to sell. But at some point, I don't want tenants coming to my own personal house. I don't yeah. want to. There's certain things that as these businesses are growing from people being able to work at home and start their own businesses and grow their own businesses, that they're going to need some space because they're just going to outgrow their, their home. So there's a lot of different things. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, Justin and I both mentioned it, is just whatever space that you have, make it flexible enough that you can, you know, you could pivot your space however it needs to be pivoted. That makes sense. So you guys, you guys don't have any trouble with uh, moving forward, you know, pivoting, making decisions. You don't seem like you do. <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> so I hit a, did I hit a sensitive spot with Dan? Or no, no, no. What? Do you, you ever see that that meme? Right? They show the iceberg right <laughs> above the water. There's all that stuff below that people don't see. Yeah, we kind of keep that all quiet, right, Justin? Exactly. I think there's going to be some vibrations from this for sure. You know that. We'll, yeah. Things that we don't maybe don't realize as of yet. You mean uh, from COVID? From COVID. Oh, of yes. course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No so doubt. There, there will be that, but I I also believe each day you, you just have to do the best you can and yeah. focus on positive vibes and, and good things will happen. And, and they, they, and it is getting better each yeah. day, a little bit better. 
what a great example of you guys. You're both nodding your head, smiling. <laughs> We're in the middle of a pandemic. You guys have businesses that are uh, susceptible to so many outside forces. Uh, you're happy. You're you're doing your thing. You're it's it's great. I mean, it's really really quite incredible. Yeah, really, yeah, I give you guys a lot of credit. It goes back to what we were saying before, right? You can only control what you can control. I mean, yeah, do you have to be aware and do you have to be cognizant of the other stuff that's going on and what might or could affect you? Yeah, yes. absolutely. But if you control that space that you know that you have, you know, that you have watch over, then it makes, I mean, it doesn't make it easy, but it makes it not as hard to navigate through. Because, that's that's awesome. Because we already know, like we already have plans. We already, right? So sure. the plans that we had may have, been derailed a little bit it's just a matter of okay so that didn't quite work out this way so how can we make it still work out so how can i still get there but maybe i have to take instead of taking the straight line path i have to zigzag a little bit yeah definitely a lot of zigzagging for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's no no doubt truer words are never spoken as they say well you guys have given us so much to think about today it's pretty incredible um we've talked about your why mentorship working for the right reason, doing things for the right reason to serve and uh, not concentrating on the money. The money will come. Being so resilient and being able to pivot and uh, being in the, such great mood. We don't have an awful lot of time left. I want to get to the questions. Uh, I'm just going to do one today, though. Okay, <laughs> We're going to do one of the questions. Yeah. All right. And uh, I know that you guys have played this w with me before, so I'm going to ask you a different question today. It's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. All right. Well, this question is not something that you really have to be dared to answer necessarily, but uh, I want you to uh, both uh, answer this, and I'm going to stall a little bit so you can think about it. Normally, I like you to just give knee-jerk reactions to these questions, but you guys are very intentional and very thoughtful, and I really appreciate your contribution to this podcast. You guys are going boldly, so here's your question. First, a statement, then a question, okay? There's a listener who's feeling stuck in their life. They're probably an entrepreneur or uh, an aspiring entrepreneur. Maybe they have a small business going already, maybe not. Why is it okay to feel stuck and what should they do next? This is kind of like, uh, like a coaching thing for you guys. Imagine that person, that mentee sitting in front of you. The reason I'm rambling a little is just to give you guys a chance to have the gears going. It's absolutely okay to feel stuck. It's absolutely 150% normal to feel stuck. There's no part of life that we go through where at some point we don't feel stuck or feel like, you know, we're not sure what the next step is. So one, realize that that's perfectly normal. And two, I don't really make goals and resolutions. I make actions and intentions. So- All right, wait a minute, what? Yeah, no, I, d I don't like the terms goals or resolutions. So okay. I like actions and intentions. So what is your intention? What do you want to do? And then even if you think it's the smallest step, any step forward is a step forward. So just take that first small step and then that leads to the next one, leads to the next one, right? I always compare it, and a lot of people do, to a baby, right? A baby gets up, it falls down. What's it do? It get, tries to get back up again. And you have to learn to crawl before you can walk, before you can run. So just know that feeling stuck is absolutely normal. Look at what your intention is and just take small steps forward every day, and you'll eventually get to, to where you want to go. So action, just taking some sort of small action. Yep. And you, you're saying steps forward. What if they're wrong? So what I typically do, right, because you're right, you said it before, not all steps we take are, are moving forward. But when I do hit a, hit a roadblock or hit a speed bump or whatever you want to call it, a step right. back, I sit there and I try to analyze a little bit and say, okay, why did this happen? How did this happen? Yeah. And what could I have done differently, you know, 
to make it not have happened that way, right? And and again, I keep saying this because I think it's so true. Was it something that was in my control or was it something totally out of my control? If it was something totally out of my control, then I just dismiss it, right? Because sure. it was going to happen no matter what. But if it was something in my control, then then what is it that caused me, and I don't want to say fail, but what is it that caused me to fall, right? Right. And, and how can I fix that so that I don't fall next time or I don't fall as hard next time? Yeah, so you're, you're really talking about making, uh, making some sort of move. I, I would agree. I think, it's the, the, I think the key part of what you're talking about is just some, some type of action. I always say like action creates success. Some sort of momentum is going to get you some kind of success. It could be just that little baby step that you succeeded in, and that gives you more confidence to continue. So every little success, but you know, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling sort of cycle. So much appreciated. Yeah. Thoughts yeah, on this? I, I, I agree with Dan. Dan's definitely on the same page as myself. I, I feel that uh, some of my best ideas have, have come about from a, from a major roadblock, a stumbling block that I've had. So actually when I've ever, I've had these, I spend the time like Dan said and, and reflect on it and say, you know, what could I do different or what, what could I have done this differently or what can I do going forward? Or should I be going in a whole totally different direction? And possibly doing that might be my eureka moment where I say, wow, I, I wish I did this sooner. And I, I run into it all the time. I mean, every, you know, on a weekly, daily, uh, uh, yearly basis, I deal with different roadblocks. And some of them, are, they're large roadblocks. It does work out. Those roadblocks have actually been some of the best things that have happened to me, have given me the the creative ability to uh, make changes, as Dan says, to pivot in a different direction. Yeah, super. Yeah, and actually, I just took a glance at your table. You have one of my favorite books on your table, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. And the what? there's one quote in there, if that's the only thing you ever take out of that book, is he says over and over again that with every failure comes the seed of equivalent success. Exactly. So, that is my favorite book, Dan. Yeah. Oh, I love that it. Was the first, that was the first one I ever read. And uh, I've read it a few times, um, and I, I recommend that to every entrepreneur if you haven't read it. Now, it's old, so the way it's written, the language is uh, – and even some of the references are outdated, really, but the concepts are, are sound. I was just going to say the the references are outdated, and some of the language, obviously, is yeah. back in you know early 19, 1900s, right? I think but, so. But if you look at some of the key concepts and you really read and understand some of the key concepts, they're still teaching those concepts today. Yeah, people, the, the yeah, some of the brilliant um, uh, gurus right now <laughs> who right. are making tons of money selling their books and programs basically regurgitated stuff from Think and Grow Rich, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> which is pretty funny, <laughs> but good for them. <laughs> and it's good stuff, so it's not, you know, people are getting uh, real value. Speaking of real value, guys, thank you so much. Like, we've covered... So many important things for listeners. Remember, our listeners are uh, entrepreneurs. They want to be business owners. They're at that point where they're taking uh, a reckoning of all the stuff that's going on in their head and, and in the world around them and, and trying to make some make some moves, hopefully, right? We talk about your why, mentorship, uh, serving as opposed to chasing money, hurdles, pivoting, overcoming, including uh, a pandemic. Act, taking the action, aha moments, things that you experience just on a daily basis and, and uh, even in you know along in your early development to realize what you're doing. There's just so much, so much that we covered. Did we miss anything that's right at the top of your, your, your minds that you want to talk about? Stay balanced and stay focused. And okay. Balanced throughout everything in your life, you know, your business, your health, your 
family, everything. What's right? one solid tool to stay balanced? One tool, like something that somebody could use. Someone listening is going through this exact same thing, right? What's an example of a conflict that would put somebody out of balance or they would, they would be out of balance because of a conflict between two things? I used to have an issue with, especially when, when my kids were born, because I was running my own business. If I was spending time with the baby, I would feel that I should be working. I'd feel like guilty about not being at work or I'd be thinking about work instead of paying attention to the baby. Not all the time, but Mm -hmm. too much. It was uncomfortable. There were uncomfortable periods. And then when I was at work, many times I would feel guilty because I feel like I should be spending more time at home with my wife or with my kids, right? So what I found out later, and this is much later, I mean, I'm talking about in the recent past, is I come to terms with it and, and the balance that I use that I, t- that I teach people about is to try to stay present when, and always wherever you are so that when you are at work, you are present and you're, you're fully engaged with whatever you're doing with your business, which deserves your attention, right? It right. deserves as much as you can give it. When you're with your family, you do the same thing. And one of the things that I found out through trying to enact this, put this into practice, is that when I do that at work, I get, the, I get better results. And when I do it at home, I get memories that I wasn't getting before. Because I'm engaged and in the moment and, and I'm paying attention, I'm actually creating memories and they're emotionally and they're emotional. And so they stick. I've pretty much eliminated that struggle. For me, it's everything so calendar driven nowadays is sit down with your calendar, block those times. So, so that's your tool, yeah, right? right? There's specific work times and there's specific family times or, you know, me time or whatever, whatever the case may be. And when you block those and you have those set each and every day, they don't have to necessarily be the same times every day. For example, if you said, hey, Dan, let's do this podcast at seven o'clock on Wednesday night. I'm going to say, hey, Russ, nope. I'm, I'm right. up seven to nine. I don't have to tell you why, but seven to nine is my family time, right? That's a non-negotiable. So it's already built into my schedule. So I would say your tool is using your calendar, you're yep. sch- scheduling it, and then uh, making a commitment to yourself to follow through with it. Yep. So it's ske- it's a schedule and it's commitment. Justin, you have anything for uh, us? I, I kind of on the same page of what you're saying. Uh, I was told once by a pretty smart person, uh, similar to yourself, that, you know, when you do something, when you're driving your car, drive your car, eating a meal, eat your meal, like, you know, have those intentions when you're doing that. And it, it, it does help to be able to focus in on, like you're saying, there's so much noise out there now, yeah. so many different things go on between your phone and your social media and your news and whatever. If you can focus in on what you're doing, it, it's it's life-changing. Yeah, I'm I on think- the same page as you. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, good, good, good points. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying too. I know we had mentioned, I think before we started recording, uh, Bill Clinton came up in a conversation, and I actually, I actually started thinking about it based off of something that he said. This is one of the good things I got from Bill Clinton. Um, he was he was once asked about how he does so much. Of course, he's president and whatever you know charity things he was running or scooting around all over the world and governor and like he had a life you know a lifetime of doing too much right so he just mentioned compartmentalizing that's what he does he compartmentalizes so justin essentially what you yeah. just said i agree when he's <laughs> now i think about all the bad stuff so when he's you know anyway so i won't go any further with that but <laughs> 
he's he compartmentalizes, <laughs> and that's why I started thinking about it. But I was I was more just oh. trying to separate the two the two activities, you know, family and business. Oh my gosh. Okay, you know what? We're we're coming to the end here pretty soon, but we definitely have to give a shout out to the people who are missing. So, Dan, uh, we got to give a shout out to Jen, your wife, Jen. Yep. Right. So, give us a one positive sentence about her in your uh, your life and your business and personal life, real. Real quick. Uh, you talked about grounded before. She totally keeps me grounded. And she's has the total opposite personality. That so I she do. calls BS when she sees it, so right? She calls BS <laughs> when okay. she sees it. But you know what? She's she's very super supportive. And there's been a lot of times where I know um, business has made her super uncomfortable. Um, but she's stood there. Um, is she an accidental entrepreneur, so to speak? Or? A, she is absolutely an accidental <laughs> okay. entrepreneur. Um, but um, she's super supportive. She's always got my back. And nice. um, I think that's the biggest thing. If you have a partner is to get them on board to with you and having that support system because, right, she's the person I talk to every day. Yeah. I wake up with her. I you know go to bed with her, right? Supposed to trust each other and be able to tell each other anything. Yeah. Do you have a prenup? No. <laughs> no, I actually don't. I, I don't. So, just kidding. So, so I'm anyway, just kidding. So anyway, she she totally totally is supportive and keeps me grounded. That's awesome, yeah. Justin. Is it who is it with you? Is it Bernie? Bernie, yeah. Do you have any other partners? I have a younger sister, but she's uh, she's she worked for a large company out of uh, out west. Yeah, she just came back into she town, did. didn't she? she? Did. Okay, she did, but she works remotely. I've heard her talking about remotely. So yeah, oh, okay. so Bernie and myself have been in uh, business since 1993, and. Uh, don't get me wrong, there's always your ups and downs, we're brothers, but at the end of the day, kind of similar to what Dan says. But he's he, your big brother, so he's, he's always right, right? He, <laughs> <laughs> he has my back, and oh, I that's have so cool. his, and, and we've, uh, we've done it for 25 years, and wow. hopefully another 25 to go. You know? That's longer than most marriages last these days. <laughs> well, it's because they have the wrestling room in the back. So uh, yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> <laughs> they the can duke it back there. <laughs> were you guys the physical brothers that used to no, fight all the time and stuff? No. Uh, no, not really, actually. Oh, my gosh. That's too funny. Oh, jeez. No, i got to ask you this other question because I know I've asked you this before. Right? i got to ask you this because I just enjoyed it so much. All right. All right. I'm sorry, guys. We can edit, If you guys want, I'll edit this out, but i got to ask you. I already know the answers. Who do people tell you that you look like? Oh, <laughs> I remember the answers. That's why I got to ask. Oh, oh, oh. All right. just Because this is fun to get to know you guys better. So... Uh, We've human. You guys have given so much yeah. good business information and stuff, and nope. you're like real people, right? Yeah. You are living this stuff. It's not like, it's not like you're hawking some mysterious <laughs> program on the Facebook, right, getting right. people to fork over their hard-earned money for it, right? And right, it's right. not. You're not like. You're not trying to like bamboozle somebody. This is good information. This is real stuff. Yeah. Right. People. Correct. So you're like real people. And this will prove it. <laughs> so, and, I, and I'll I'll even do one better. I will t when I'm done. When you guys are done, I'll tell you who people always tell me I look like, and it's really embarrassing. Right. <laughs> Before right. I grew my beard. There, there you go. All right, go ahead. All right. So when I was younger, uh, Eddie Munster. <laughs> <laughs> I had the unibrow going. I had all that, oh my gosh. I had all that going on. So, um, and as I got older, because I've always been in the sports, I wear a baseball hat a lot. Um, yeah, Andy Pettit from the Yankees. What? Really? Yeah. Well, you must have, did you sign any baseballs or anything? No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> he's he's about a foot taller than me with a big southern draw that I can't. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can, unfortunately, I can't imitate either one of those. Oh things. my gosh. I got a job when I was uh, in, when I was, um, how old was I? I was, I'm going to say maybe 23 years old. 
these two ladies hired me to work in their record store. Cause this is like, this is how old it is. There was actually a record store, right? They hired me after I was there for a while, talking about hiring people or whatever. And I say, Hey, Hey, by the way, what is it that you saw in me? Like, why did you hire me? And they go both like in unison and go, we thought you looked like Robert Plant. Cause I used to be really skinny. got the big nose, had that hair, the huge hair, like the go. old Robert, yeah. the young Robert Plant there from go. long ago. Right. 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 And I'm not as good looking as Robert Plant. He's, I don't know if he's even good looking, but, <laughs> but I was like, I was so disappointed. <laughs> Wait, seriously? I was like, it wasn't because of my personality or because you thought I'd be good in sales or because I had knowledge of music because I've been a DJ for so long or whatever. And they're like, no, we just thought you looked like Robert Plant, so we wanted to have you here. <laughs> it was so disappointing. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> and that, that's not even the embarrassing one. Go, go ahead, Justin. You what know, do you have? Uh, I, I don't know. I I've, uh, I don't know who I look like. I kind of want those What do people tell you, though? I loved it. Uh, yeah, Steve, McQu- Steve McQueen. I love it. I don't know why. I just uh, I had two people, you know? You know what I mean? Maybe. Two people said it, right? It's really weird. Oh, but, my gosh. Uh, well, the younger. Two people said it. It has to be true. I, I guess so. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Do you, have a, do you drive a Mustang by any chance? An no, old Mustang? I'm more of a, a okay. foreign car type of guy. <laughs> Interesting. All right. I'll tell, you my, I, I'll tell you my embarrassing one. I used to go in the post office. This is back when you needed to go to the post office. Again, all these old. I'm dating myself. But I'm running, running my company. I would... Uh, I would go to the post office uh, occasionally to send you know a pile of stuff out. I see the same lady at the window all the time, and she'd look at me and look at me. One day she said, "You just look look just like this movie star." Oh, inside I'm like, "Oh, do I?" <laughs> just before I had the beard and everything, I was you know different, thinner, younger, obviously. And she goes, "Yeah, it's um their brothers, Quaid's, Quaid's, the Quaid brothers." And I go, "Well, I hope it's the handsome one." And she goes, "Randy Quaid." <laughs> <laughs> and he's that, the big, actually. and he's like the big doofy one. And he's he was a guy, you know, in uh, I don't know, National Lampoon's probably Christmas vacation or whatever. He's standing outside, emptying the the black tank hose from his RV into the sewers in his robe, and you know, and he's like a psycho now. I think he's like gone off the deep end. They, they've I think they've outlawed him off of Twitter and everything else. Oh my god! So <laughs> thank God I don't get it anymore because I have the beard now. So um, even though Justin said he can see it. So. I can see it. Oh, I, I, no. I gotta, what <laughs> else can I do? <laughs> well, I'm kind of like a big doof, doofus like like he he was, or at least his characters were, I guess. Oh, but, um, yeah, Randy Quaid. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. I, I just love this. What great energy and good stuff for our listeners. Hey, everybody out there, some actionable items for you today, right? If you get one gold nugget from today's show, you can start going boldly. Get to it, everybody. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment. Send me a DM. I read every one personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one of them. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. There's some information in it that we have value to that person, so please share it with them. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode, and it will be easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please, subscribe. It will benefit us all. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in those comments, DMs, and subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun, but you have to comment, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. And finally, this is Russ the Big Guy saying thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and 
Wash your hands.